remember the words to that Judd song. Love is. I just do it without laughing. I used to sing with Winona Judd. Uh, uh, for uh, when she first left, when her mama got sick and she went off on her own, I sang with her for four, three or four years. And uh, love is alive and in a breakfast table every day of the week. <laughs> love is alive and it keeps going strong in the night, even in our sleep. Love is alive and it's made a happy woman out of me. Oh, love is alive. And here by me. You remember that, Mom? That was a great song. Anyway. I love country music, man. I'm from Texas. Yoo-hoo! <laughs> I'm a comedian from Texas. That's my nature because my mother, could you please stand, is here. Mother, we're going to honor you. I want you to honor my mother. She is really, really funny. I mean, funny. And she's a great actress, comedian, and the, one of the best singers in the city. And uh, she, I was born and raised here. She just lives around the corner. I just want everyone to honor my mother tonight and bless her. Bless her life. Bless her heart. Blessings. <laughs> and thank God for Texas. And I just wanted to also honor my sister-in-law, Nikki. She's here today. Come to visit. <laughs> And my niece, Brittany. Hey, uh, she's awesome. And one of my friends that I've known since, check it out, I was born. Lisa Holiday. <laughs> my mom and her mom were best friends, and they were pregnant with us together. We used to wear matching clothes. Didn't we, Lisa? Oh, we did it all. I think I threw a jar of honey at her once or mustard or something, didn't I? Yeah, anyway. We got the stories. So... Um, yeah, I just wanted to say that to honor my family and, um, yeah, keep my family in your prayers. We need healing. All of us, not just me, not just because, you know, I'm in the ministry. We all need healing. We need the love of Jesus to bring us all together more, tighter, bigger, and we, not, we need a lot of healing in our bodies. I'm praying this morning for a healing. I got, I messed up my arm pretty bad, so I need a healing. My niece needs a healing in her foot. She had some rotten surgery. So we're, maybe we can have another healing meeting afterwards. I also want to thank uh, Jennifer, uh, Jessica. I want to say a special honor to Jessica and Yanni. Where are you, Yana? They drove all the way from Houston to see us. Bless you guys. Okay, um, this is the best part of our ministry. Our ministry is called World Amity, which means international friendship, and um, this is the best part of it right here. Cameron Uriah Shamrazadi from Iran. Amen. I could tell you his whole story and talk forever, but you really want to hear him. Uh, uh, I want to honor also, of course, our family member, of course, Jesus. But I want to honor a very special part of our heart, Pastor Hormoz and Donna. Would you please stand up? Because would you please honor them? These are, you know, all of you guys are jewels and gems from God's heart. I hope you know that. that these are very special jewels and gems that they are ministering to Iran now. Pastor Hormoz and his wife, they are having a satellite ministry. I recently talked to my sister, and, you know, she's in Iran. You get killed if you, you know, talk about Jesus, you know. She said, Cameron, and the principality, she said, Cameron, when he talks, I sit in my room and the whole atmosphere changes. You know, they live in darkness. He said, Cameron, the, the room expands, you know, and, you know, I told the Lord a long time ago. I said, Lord, I go to different churches and I you know, take care of your family member. He said, you do that, and I will take care of yours. And by now, all of my family members are saved. Even my dad is 70-something years old, and he was crying, you know. He was crying. He said, why this didn't happen to me earlier? Why I'm 70-something years old? And he really had an encounter with Jesus and my mother, and, you know, people like Pastor Hormoz and I go to different churches and I bring what the Lord has for you. 
people like him, they go and take care of my family member back home to Iran. His ministry is out of here, Dallas, right? And we have 80 million people in Iran. These are your family also, you know? And 80 million people. I heard that maybe how many people? Would you please come and just tell us a little bit, please? This is, to me, he is the most selfless man I ever heard on TV, really. You know, it's like, it's so good to hear someone that the Lord kicked the selfishness out of them. He said, wow, it's so awesome. It's so refreshing, you know, because, you know, selfishness tortures us all. We get tortured by our own selfishness. God loves us anyway, but it's so refreshing to hear someone on TV, especially on TV on TV, that man, there is no selfishness in that person. To me, God speaks. We just met today, but I heard him, you know, so many times. We just met today, and it's an honor. To me, God speaks through his word, but to me, mostly he speaks through his face. His face, when he talks to people, is like, oh, my God, look at his face. The Lord said, you are the light of the world, right? Would you please come and just tell us a little bit, Pastor? You know what? We, we want these people to understand just a little bit about Iran. And this is a house of prayer, right? <laughs> sure. I'm, I'm the true Iranian because of my height. He's not an Iranian. He's too, he's too tall. He's too tall to be an Iranian. <laughs> now, now we are at the same level. <laughs> The Lord is good. Of course, you hear about Iran in the news every day, and developing nuclear bomb and wiping Israel off the map, destroying the great Satan USA, and that's serious. The theology not only stops them, it doesn't stop them from using nuclear bomb once they develop it, actually encourages them to do it. So Iran is the greatest threat in the world, and you know that because of the news, but I want to tell you, Iran is the greatest opportunity for the Lord at this time. According to the Operation World Manual, which is a mission manual, Iran is the, has the fastest growing evangelical population in the world. That's what you don't hear. You don't hear about signs and wonders and miracles and Jesus appearing to them. You don't hear about millions who have rejected Islam. Millions of Iranians have come to the conclusion that Islam is not the way, is not the answer. It's the problem. You don't hear the hunger. You don't hear the people who just hear the gospel. And they say, why didn't I hear it earlier like your dad? Well, God bless you. We are just uh, by Addison Airport. Come and visit us. We broadcast 24-7 to Iran. And we, we have so many salvations, miracles. Just God is so gracious. Even <laughs> since we started, we have the names of over, you know, we had 120,000 calls. But we have the names of over 24,000 Muslims who prayed with us to receive Jesus. And it's happening every time you're on the air. Beyond our expectation, God is amazingly saving a nation. Pray for Iran, and I would love to hear from you, not, not share much. Yeah. Uh, I remember after I got saved, um, I started to go to Pastor David Wilkerson's church in New York. And, you know, I was a shy Muslim. God saved just like that and you know started to go to church and he started to talk about his quiet time with the Lord that the Lord loves him so much I said I want to go punch him sometime you know and, <laughs> and you know you 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 go tell people Jesus loves you they said yeah sure yeah you know it, it sometimes it sounds so cheesy doesn't it as a Christian, it's a different story. We talk about God's love and our struggle with his love. That's a different story. But, you know, if there is any people that hear that they, we call them unsaved, but I don't, I don't think people like to be called unsaved, but we call them unsaved, right? They're beautiful people, but whatever they themselves, they'll call themselves. We call them unsaved. Please forgive us for calling you unsaved. But anyway, it's a Christian language. We call them unsaved. But we want him to be safe. But anyway. (laughs) 
You know, you, you, you tell people Jesus loves you. And all, if, if they are not saved, all they think it's about their um, background in religion. If they went to Catholic church, even they went to Methodist church, or they were, they, they were dragged to go to church when they were seven years old. They kind of like, they say, oh yeah, Jesus loves me, sure. That, that's, they don't understand what are we really saying. Sometimes it's so cheesy to say, God loves you. You go to a homeless man and say, God loves you. He wants to punch you in the nose. Yeah, sure, God loves me. Even sometimes you go to a Christian and tell them that, hey, Jesus loves you. Inside them, you know, they are so angry. If I stand up here and tell you about how much God loves me, some of you might get angry. Say, why God doesn't love me the way he loves you? What is this love, you know? Today, Susie sang about love. It was all about love, right? It was a prophetic song. That means that the Lord is saying, I love you. But then some of us will say, prove it, man. Right? Why don't you prove it? Are you too busy? What's going on with you? When I look at your Bible, when I really read your Bible, I don't see a lot of love. Yeah, your son died, but man, you killed so many people in Old Testament. Right? Can we be honest? You promised Abraham and you were late for 20 years and then later on gave him a son and then you said kill him? It's like, let, I'm talking about God the Father here. Doesn't have a good resume. <laughs> Jesus is wonderful, Holy Spirit. Ooh, never know, like comes and tickles you like, ooh. I'm, I'm, I'm going to the head. I'm talking about the dude. The father side of Jesus. They're all one, but I'm talking about the father. Appeared in Old Testament. Killed many people. It was so hard to walk with him. He was so moody. You know, uh, hey, wait, wait, wait. I am his friend. I can talk to him like that. He gave me permission. Before you talk to him, Talk about him this way. You better get the permission. I got permission. I do, otherwise, who? I would not talk about him like this. God the Father. I'm talking about the head. Again, Father and Son and Holy Spirit are one. But when Jesus was even talking about his Father, he was talking about the Father's side of he himself. He's talking about the Father. My Father and I are one. But what we are really comfortable is Holy Spirit. It's just a gentle mother side of God that, you know, just, you know, it's just so comforting. Then Jesus, wonderful, he died. But the, I'm talking about the Father, the love of the Father. You know, I walked with, with the Father, and his love is so strong that when it comes to you, you feel that you just got confronted by his love. His love is so heavy and strong that comes to confront you. And then conform you into his image. Even Jesus, his son, got so confronted by the love of the Father for the whole world. Okay, now I'm going to talk to unsaved people about what I just said. Then maybe I can talk about what I said to you with the saved people. With the saved people, let me talk this way first. I don't know if you have any unsaved, but I'm just talking. If you've been saved by Jesus Christ which most of you are. You have been confronted by his love and sometimes made you angry. His love comes and confronts you. But where does it confront you? Where do we get confronted by the true love of God, the Father? Let's go back to Jesus and just see how Jesus got confronted. Where did he get confronted by his Father's love? On the cross, right? Jesus Christ got confronted even by the love of his father for the whole world and died. Do you have any crosses in your life? Do you have any issue in your life that you feel that, oh man, I just like this cross doesn't leave me alone. It's no matter where I go, the cross is here. That's the love of the father confronting you. If the, I'm talking about the father. I'm not talking about sweet, gentle Holy Spirit. I'm talking about the father. If I have fear, normally he comes and he confronts the fear inside me. And I say, oh God, where are you? You know, just like, I can't even pay my house payment. I thought, you know, you wanted me to be in a full-time ministry. 
Why don't you provide? But he's saying, I'm confronting the fear of finances in you. And I'm putting you on the cross. But I'm not going to keep you there. I'm going to resurrect you. And then you walk. Does that make sense? I'm talking about the Father, God, you know, the love of the Father. Now we talk to people, maybe they never had that experience with Jesus Christ. You know, we travel a lot and we go to so many airports. If you really go to airport, you really get confronted by a lot of selfishness, panic, fear. It's like airport people are so edgy. I get, we try not to get edgy, but it's like you go to airport, you say, man, what is this? Nobody wants to talk to you. They're all busy and, you know, with their cell phone and iPhone and this phone and that phone and everything else. You think that, oh, man, if I say something wrong, somebody's going to jump on me. It's like we are being confronted by selfishness, by different things. Is that right? Confronted the whole time. But you know what? The best thing that can happen to any human being is to be confronted by God's love. By God's love. When I got married in the beginning, you know, I'm, I'm from a Muslim background. I'm from Iran. Our women, they are not loud. They don't scream. <laughs> they don't. When we got married, Susie would scream so loud. And I would think that, oh, this is very disrespecting. She's screaming so loud. And, you know... Her freedom kind of like, you know, kind of, I got confronted by her, her freedom. <laughs> and I would go to the father because we quickly got married after we, you know, we met and the Lord said, this is the one we got married. I went to the, you know, to the father and said, Lord, this is not fair. You know, this is not, you know, <laughs> come on here. I have a great relationship with you. But the Lord started to talk to me and he said, die in this area. And I'm saying, if you love me, you wouldn't tell me to die. Like die in this area. Okay, let's talk about unsaved people. If you're not saved, if you've never been saved, you've never met Jesus, you go to the airport. You get confronted by somebody's selfishness. What do you do? You confront them back. If they're selfish, I'm going to be more selfish than you. If you're angry, oh, let me release my anger to you. But what's going to happen if we do this? I'm talking about unsaved people. What's going to happen? Even if you win the case after when you go home, you feel so terrible. Because you just allowed your selfishness to grow, grow bigger and bigger. It's like having a giant inside and just feeding the giant. And allowing the giant to confront, confront other giants. Does that make sense? We were all in a place that we were not saved one day. And we all had that. If somebody, you know, get angry, I'm going to get more angry than you. You try to break my spirit, I'm going to break your spirit to pieces. But what's going to happen when we do these things? That selfishness or the pride or the fear gets bigger. Because we are, we are the one that we are confronting others. Does that make sense? It gets bigger and bigger and bigger. When we are younger, it, it may work in our favor. But when we get older, it will start to eat us up. Then let's talk to, to the saved people. If we don't get confronted by the love of the Father, it's not going to be good at all. I told the Lord this morning, go ahead and confront the fear out of my heart. Go ahead and confront the pride out of my heart. Yes, I am okay with Holy Spirit to come and give me a hug no matter what. And just to, you know, just give me comfort. But I need your love to confront me. That I may, because if, if, if fear comes to confront you, what's going to happen if you receive it? You will be conformed to the image of fear, right? Because... Whomever comes to confront is like you kind of go underneath, right? If, if, if pride comes to me or to religious spirit, to Pharisee, pride of religion, you're good, you're holy. What's going to happen? They will get conformed to the image of the one that is confronting them, right? Pride, fear, anger. 
anything. But if God confronts you with his love, you're going to get conformed to what? His love. When you get confronted, you get conformed. Jesus got confronted on the cross, and then he got conformed to the image of his Father and us all. Does that make sense? In Iran, it's so hard, you know, Iranian, they have a very sensitive heart. That's good and bad. (laughs) Extremely sensitive heart. Our heart is not very big, but it's sensitive. Your heart, the heart of American, the Lord told me, is so huge, but not as sensitive as our heart in Middle East. We both can learn from each other. Your heart is, that's why America is so giving. You guys don't have poverty spirit, it's so giving you may think you do but you don't if we compare you to other part of the country world american they have huge heart not very sensitive persian or people from middle east they have a smaller heart but extremely sensitive one of the issue pastor knows uh, that in iran it's so hard to forgive one another if i am your friend i am your friend but man tomorrow i can turn and become your enemy Because my heart is very sensitive. Very sensitive. But then Jesus Christ comes. What does he tell when someone like me gets saved? I was one of them. We call them them. I was one of them. (laughs) Unsaved. One of them. Those dangerous Muslims. Then the Lord puts me with one of these. And he said, I'm going to confront some stuff out of you. It's like, Lord, this is not fair. This is not fair. In Iran, I love my wife more than I, I, I can say life. She's everything to me. However, I'm talking about when we got married and, you know, stuff happens in my heart. In Iran, pastor knows, you get normally married to someone that is seven years younger than you. My father got married to someone seven years younger, grandmother, grandfather, I'm not grandfather, and all other my friends. She's exactly seven years older than I am. (laughs) She looks 20 years younger, but do you see that? Look at Susie. Do you see that? The Lord wanted to address that issue in me. Right? I never was married. She was married before and divorced. That's another thing. Is like, but now people look at our marriage and people say, wow, look at your marriage. What God did in you. And I'm sure I had a lot of junk that Susie had to die in herself. (laughs) Yeah, see? I am not as perfect as my father is in heaven. I'm a Persian man. Pastor knows. Do you see my point? Please, do you see my point? We laugh is wonderful, but I'm not really here to make anybody laugh. Laughing is wonderful, but do you see my point? It's very important that we get conformed into his image. And the only way is to get confronted by his pure love comes to kill the only thing is left is his love he will come and kill your self-love toward yourself that you will be left alone by his love for you that's how intense but when we talk if i was talking to group of unsaved i would i would water down my message i would give them the way they could understand but you guys been walking with the lord i can tell you these things because if you tell these things to unsaved, they get scared. <laughs> Say, man, is this the God you want me to walk with? I pass. Or I stay with this Holy Spirit. She's very, or he is, you know, I call Holy Spirit she because the feminine side of God. You know, you know, we were created from his image. Both. He has a feminine side. But I'm, today I'm talking about the pure and awesome and sometimes scary love of the Father. That comes and burns everything. Self-love in this planet caused many war. Self-love in you, which you are your own planet, caused many war in you and me. 
There is a war going on here. The more victorious we are, the more we confront people outside, the stronger that thing will get inside of us. Self-love, fear, selfishness, agony. They get so big after a while. They get so grumpy and old and they start to eat you. Eat me, not you, me. Eat us up. But thank you, the love of the Father, that you come to confront those things out of our heart once for all. Then whatever it takes, if it, you, you have to line up the crosses, go ahead, Father. Go ahead and nail me that I would be confronted by your love. When the Lord Jesus Christ went to the temple and turned the money table, do you remember? People thought he was angry, but it was the pure love of the Father to confront the religious spirit and the greed out of them. When the Lord was so, looks like he was so mean to Pharisee, it wasn't his meanness. It was the love of his father burning inside him, confronting people that they may get confronted by his love. Because, you know, to be honest, those days are these days. They didn't have airport. Now we do. But they had their own thing. If you didn't get confronted by the love of father, you would be confronted by other evils. And you would be conformed to those evils that you got confronted. But then we will say to the father, we kiss your hand. Go ahead and do it. Confront me with your love. Because in this planet, especially right now in 2000 and something, no matter where you look, there is always bad news. You turn the TV on, there is scary news. Nations are confronting one another. People are becoming kind of mean. The Lord prophesied that. He said, the love of many will grow cold. What is going on? Father God. Come to this earth. We need you. Come, Father. We are sick and tired of selfishness. We are sick and tired of greed. We are sick and tired of religious spirit in Catholic church, in Baptist church, in our church, or in Islamic mosque. Doesn't matter. We are tired of that. Father God, come. We are not afraid of you. We won't judge you when you put us in the cross. Come and show us your love. I'm sorry, I just had to do that. It wasn't for you, it was for the atmosphere. Because I am sick and tired of my own fear, aren't you? You're not perfect, we're far from being perfect. If we don't have enough in our bank account for the next, you know, house payment, we start to shake. Just being honest. But then we say, God, I thought you loved me. I said, yeah, I am loving you and I'm confronting the fear of finances out of your love your life. Let me put you in the cross one time. Don't run from the cross. If I tell you to forgive somebody, forgive them. Do not confront them. Forgive them. If I turn you to turn the other cheek, do it. Or go ahead and hit them harder. What's going to happen? That thing inside you will get bigger. Now you're strong, but one day you will come back to me and cry out and say, God, Please, I need you. In my young age, I was strong. I was making money. I thought the whole world was just like, like my horse, and I was riding that horse. But man, the horse kicked me. <laughs> Long time ago, and I'm off the horse. I don't have any horse. No finances, no power, nothing. My beauty, it's gone. My handsomeness is gone. I'm getting older. Father God came to walk with people. Really, they didn't want to. Man, they told Moses, you go walk with him and you, you bring us some laws. At least give us some laws that, you know, 10, 12, 20, whatever. Ten commandment turns to thousands of things people started. In Islamic religion, we had the same thing. You have some law and then you have some hadith, which some prophet, they said. Then every like, top religious leader sits down and, and just start to meditate. It's meditating on not the love of God and coming up with these, all these laws and laws and laws and rules and rules and regulation. Thousands and thousands and thousands. They get conformed to the image of the law. That's why when you look at them, you're so uncomfortable to sit next to them. 
Not that I'm better, but I'm just speaking the truth. Then you're around somebody that inside them they have the love of God. And they've been on the cross many times. We all run from the cross. We say, Jesus died for me on the cross. Hey, it's done deal. Thank you, Jesus. I don't have to do it. You did it. No. That's what makes you so beautiful. Or makes you so better. Either way. If we run from it, we will be better. If we run toward it, we will become beautiful. And it's not God saying, you have to suffer. No, far from it. It's his love. Like a love of a good parents. You see your children, they're so selfish. You know, I want this. You know, just even give a baby. Like a mo- one month old. Like a hundred dollar baby. You cannot take it off of you know, the hand. It's a baby. Like, you know. But as a parent, you laugh. You say, you know, that's not really bad. But when they get older, they say, uh-uh. Now I'm going to teach you love. And the baby or, or, or the ch- children, they would say, my mother and my father, they don't love me. All over the United States, I hear people or teenagers, they say, I hate you, I hate you. To the parent. How many times we said it in our heart? I hate you, I hate you, God. Confronting me, don't loving me, but it's his love. He, can, he cannot help it, it's all love. It's, it's, he doesn't just love, he is love. He's like, he can't help it, it's his nature. But his love is so strong that we receive it in a different way. It's too strong for us. It comes to confront us. Really, if you really look at it, the root of it is not confrontation at all. He's just being himself. He wants to take, to those, take those things off of us. Wouldn't that be so good to walk around without fear? Or if the fear comes, you can just push it away. Wouldn't it be so good that if someone just starts to curse at your face and you have so much peace and you start smiling? I'm not there yet. Please don't do that to me yet. When I get there, I let you know. Do not test me. <laughs> I used to have black belt in karate. <laughs> Forgive me, Father. Anyway, it's like one time, you know, speaking of airport, we were, we were going, I think, to South Africa, long trip. Longer story short, I sat next to this. We sat in this place. You know, I'm six, seven, you know. I'm two meter tall, and I always look for exit row. And that day, I couldn't get exit row. And there was exit row empty next to me. And we sat in the airplane, buckled our seatbelt, ready to go. And I went to this gentleman. He was a little big. I said, would you mind my wife and I sit here? And he started to scream at me. He said, that's the least of my problem. I don't care where you sit. I said, oh, Jesus Christ. What happened? I said, oh, okay, I'm sorry. And I was so embarrassed. And... I got Susie and I, we sat there and he started to scream. I said, you know, the reason that you're really angry is because you have a very sensitive heart. And he's just like, went down like this. Anyway, the Lord got out of me and we ministered to him. And the rest of the trip, he was asleep. He didn't talk to me, but he was just so <laughs> calm after I, because for some reason in that moment, I could see, man, this is not personal. His heart is hurting. And later on, I realized he's going to Middle East. He was one of those army contractors. You never know what happened to him, how many people he had to kill or whatever. But it wasn't personal. In that moment, really, it was supernatural. The Lord just opened my eyes to see that this is not personal, Cameron. His heart is hurting. Tell him. And I told him. It calmed him down. I think put him in his sleep for like the rest of the time. But really, the rest of the time, he was asleep. And when he woke up, I said... Would you like to, I, I wrote a small book, it's about the heart. Would you like me to, would you read it? He said, yeah. I gave the book to him. And I, I'm not like that all the time, but it's been happening to me. But mostly it happens between me and Susie because this is the closest person, you know, the Lord will get you. You know, people come and go, friend come and go, you don't have to really be in their life. But husband and wife, that's why we extremely value our marriage. The Lord told me one day, almost audibly, you can take this or not, it's up to you, but I know what I heard. It was almost audible. He said, Cameron, your relationship with your wife? I said, yes. He said, as important as your relationship with me. In the Bible, there are two places we are called to become one. One with our God, the other one with our spouse. Become one. 
If I become one with her, I can understand my father better. Marriage is extremely important. Extremely important. Extremely important. Anyway, when you walk with God, there will be some crosses. I'm not talking about sacrifices. Sacrifices are easy. Because you say, oh, I sacrifice. I give money. I give my time. I give this. I give that. We, we choose those things. Crosses. Did he get confronted by his love? The Father is so amazing. I love the Father. I love the Son also. I love Holy Spirit too. But the Father, man. He made hero out of his son. And he stood in the background. Do you think it was easy for him to watch? Never brags about himself. Doesn't care about his resume. Keeps loving. Keeps loving. Keeps loving. Never stops to love. And I would encourage you to get closer to the Father. Just say, Father, I want to get closer to you. Thank you for sending me Holy Spirit. It's easygoing. Holy Spirit is gentle. It's wonderful. But I want to get to know you, Father. If you never had a good earthly father, just say, Father, I want to get to know you. I put my guard down. Go ahead and love me. You've been loved by the love of Holy Spirit, which is embracing you. But, but we need to be loved by the love of the Father. Because the time ahead is not easy. You have to get rid of our fear, anxiety, anxiousness, pride, self-love. Even our self-love for other people. The time is getting tough. Need to be empty of those things that you would just walk with the love of the Father. We were talking to uh, Susie's niece yesterday. She's so precious, man. We were, we were talking to Brittany about, like, you know, people are looking and they're looking for something on earth, you know. They think that if I become this, if I become that, if I achieve this goal, if I achieve that goal, I'm going to have it. But we were talking about that. It's like you have it is already inside you. God gave it to you. It's like drilling well. You know, all, first when you drill, all you get is dirt and, you know, gravel and mud. But you will get to that water. That water is the love of the Father inside you. It's hidden. But there are junk over it. We've always been loved by the Father. You know, you know, I'm from a Muslim background. One day the Lord told me, he said, Cameron, when you didn't have me in your heart, then I stopped. I said, yeah. He showed me when I was 12 years old. I got saved when I was 30 years old. He said, when you didn't have me in your heart, I said, yes. He said, I had you in my heart. How many people in this planet, they have Jesus in their heart? Not so many. How many of the people of the planet, they live in the heart of Jesus? Every single person. Every single Muslim, every single Buddhist, every single whatever unsaved we call they live in the heart of the Father. We all came out of his heart. Let's get to know his heart. Let's get to know his ways. I'm not talking about if you give, it will be given to you. Those things are good. I'm not talking about those things. Let's get to know the heart of the giver. If that makes sense. Father is so amazing. There's nobody like the Father. The question is, do we want to be confronted by his love? Yes and amen, huh? Pastor, do you have anything to add? I'm done. Really? Why not? <laughs> yes, please share some testimony from Iran. You know, all these things that we shared. And in Iran, the country, it's so... Speaking of being confronted, that country being confronted and they are ready... They've been confronted by religious spirit. They've been confronted by Islam. They've been confronted by Khomeini. And they got to the place that they said, we cannot take this anymore. I'm not talking about the government. I'm talking about people. They said, that's why the country, the whole country is so ripe and ready. So ready. You won't believe how ready the country is. You may say, what do I care? It's Iran. I have my own problem. <laughs> people. I told the Lord one day, I said, you know, a lot of people ask me about evangelism. Tell me something that I, can I be honest? May I be honest? Really honest? 
I said, this American, they always ask me, just give me like one, two, three, four, that, you know, you know, I'm American too. I have passport here. I love you guys. And I know you love me. Please love me. And I love this country. I owe this country so much more than you can ever imagine. This country not saved my life and the life of my brother. So I was just joking with the Lord. I said, Lord, this, yes. I said, these American, they always ask me that about evangelism. Hey, can you just give us some tools that we can just go save all these Muslims that they won't give us any problem anymore? You know? <laughs> Because, you know, why don't we want to save Buddhists? It's Muslim. It's Buddhists, they're not giving us problem. Now it's Muslim, right? I said, why do you? I said, well, what do I tell them? He said, Cameron, I said, give me something I can give it to them that they would leave me alone. <laughs> because I'm not about evangelism. I'm talking about uh, all, all I'm, I'm about is the love of God, which one branch of it is evangelism, you know. I'm not just bound by evangelism. It's the love of my father. I tell Muslim, I tell Jew, I tell atheist, and I tell you. It just it all bears the same fruit in different area. I, you know, I said, give me something. It would leave me alone. He said, you're trying to lead them to me. I said, yeah, you're the Lord. He said, I'm trying to lead them to you. I said, Lord, I'm not the Lord. They should be led to you. Why do you want it to lead them to me? And how? He said, open your heart. He said, open your heart. This is the problem with us as a church. We want to lead people to the Lord, but he's saying, I am the Lord. I'm going to lead them to you. Open your heart that I may lead them to your heart. You open your heart. They come in. From there, they will come to me. The question is, when we look at the unsaved people, do we allow them to come to our heart or no? We want to just straight take them to the Lord. The Lord works with our heart. The guy is very sneaky. I mean, he's been doing this God thing for a long time. If he sends a small pages of his resume, he did a lot of things. The guy knows what he's doing. Very sneaky. You can't even see his work on earth. And he's all over the earth. Everywhere. He said, let me lead them to you. And he said, who am I that you lead them to me? He said, open your heart. Would you, the Church of United States, would you open your heart to the Muslim that the Lord would lead them to you? That's the question. Uh, no, Lord, I pass. How about I lead them to you? In that sense, I said, it's connected to you. People in Iran or people in anywhere else. It's connected. Now quickly, maybe, is that okay if pastor shares a little bit? Then you would just gain heart for not just Iranian, for people of the world. Is that okay? Amen. Please. Thank you, thank you. Just uh, continuing, because, uh, you know, in Islam, God has 99 names, and not one is love. And I consider love that we have from God and we express to them as the greatest power to break the yoke of Islam and set the captives free. And I've seen that in action. Many people are coming, not because I attack Islam. I never do that on the, on, on the television program. I don't attack the government. I love them. Actually, when they call me, you know, when I'm on the air and they call me and uh, they're mad and they cuss... In my heart, I'm rejoicing. That's great. But I ask our operators, when somebody is angry and wants to cuss at me and threaten me, send them, send them on the air. Why? Because when they're angry on the air and I answer them softly with love and kindness, I'm breaking the yoke of Islam and setting the Muslims free. They are hungry. They are captives. When I think of Muslims in the Middle East. I, I want to change a little bit, maybe hopefully your heart. Because you look at them as terrorists or they're never going to come to Christ. But I look at them as captives. You know, do you remember the story of, uh, you know, the Israelites' captivity in Egypt? What were they doing? They were born into captivity, right? They had no choice. They were born and they, they couldn't even get out. If they got out, Pharaoh would kill them. They couldn't even complain. What happened when they complained? Put more work on them. That's exactly what Muslims are. 
don't, don't think they are all terrorists. Many of them, especially in Iran, there are millions crying God. God, we are in bondage. We are in captivity. Is, are you there? Is anybody who cares, anybody who comes and saves us? So when we share the gospel, which is a gospel of love, we see the captive set free. I remember this clergy called me, and uh, I answered the phone. It was after the program, the television program. And he said, uh, he said I'm, a, I'm a top clergy in Iran. If I tell you my name, you would know it because I'm all, all over the news. I got excited. He said, so you're watching the program? Yes, I'm watching the program. So you want to come to Christ? Wait, wait, no. I have no interest to come to Christ. Don't, don't tell me. I just said, why, why did you call? He said, I called you to say that I admire you. Why? Because your kindness, your love and softness is destroying Islam. I like the, your method. And we have, a, we have a saying in Farsi that says, um, which means you're, you're cutting my head with a cotton blade. It means it's soft, but it's, it's very effective. I believe that was an Islamic Nicodemus. I believe he's a, he's a Christian. And there are Christians in Iran everywhere. I, one of our leaders was arrested, and they took her uh, to the court, and the judge, and they were bringing all the things against her and against her. Uh, and so the judge was there and heard all the evidence and then uh, asked the lady to come forward. And the lady comes, and she's, he says, don't worry, don't worry, I'm a Christian too. Okay, now I'm going <laughs> to... And sets her free. He says, don't, don't, don't come back. Make sure you don't come back. There is, uh, you know, I heard several sentences I just wrote. God, the, the love has the power to set us free. The love has the power for us to set other people free. Because that flows through us. When I love people on the air, I imagine they're Misery. I ask God to give me the image. Maybe, maybe we should do that today. Because you said, you know, people out there, you know, they are crying out. They are God's children. And you know why, God, why I believe God loves them? First, because he says it in the Bible that he loves all, the whole world. But I know he loves them special because he is appearing to them in visions and dreams and miracles. All over. It's so normal. And I believe God is telling us, hey, guys, I'm loving them. Look, I'm, I'm doing it myself. Come and join me. At least come and join me because I'm in their homes. I'm in their dreams. There's so many visions and dreams that people come to Christ. I remember somebody called me on the air. And right after the, it was on the air. And he was saying, you know, Pastor, was I called three months ago. I had a liver problem, and I prayed, and, and you prayed for me, and I, I, was, I was healed. And then I believe Jesus is a healer, and I prayed for so-and-so, and, and they got healed from cancer. And I prayed for so-and-so, and, and they had stomach ulcer, and, and, I, and he was like a monotone. I mean, no, 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 I, I did that, I mean, of course. And here, I was on television and said, oh, really? Oh, that was great. Oh, what happened? Oh, what happened? Really? He was healed cancer. And after three, four minutes of testimony, he said, excuse me, why are you so excited? Have you read your Bible, Pastor? It's normal. <laughs> it's normal. It should happen. It's in the Bible. It's happening. I'm not excited because it's normal. God is doing that himself. And I pray we change our mind about Muslims, especially in Iran where they are in bondage. What you see in the news is not what's happening among the people. The people have rejected Islam in a major way. In the 80s, they were saying, we are ready to die for Islam, and they did in the Iran-Iraq war. In the 90s, they were saying, well, Islam is good, and, uh, but it's the government that's bad. But the last 10 years, they've come to say, Actually, the government implemented Islam exactly. The problem is not with the government. The problem is with Islam itself. And the last few years, the last three, four years, I'm reading the blogs of young people. There are young people in Iran are saying, 
more and more, if you want to have a future, you should get rid of Islam. And they, and you say, are they going to, an important point, are the Iranian youth are going to rise and have a revolution take over? No. You know why not? They hate violence. Amazing. Iranian people, especially young people, they are attracted to love. They're attracted to kindness. That's why what we do on television, I'm calling it the love revolution. Bring it to Iran. That's our mindset. Because that breaks through the spirit of Islam darkness and does the work. Thank you for allowing me to share. I, I can share a lot of stories, but what you said was right on. And thank you for sharing your personal stories. Pastor, will you pray? Uh, yeah. Will you pray? Yes, Lord. Uh, Lord, I, we want your heart, Lord God. <laughs> we want your heart, Lord God, for the nations, for people around us, for our spouse. We want your, your mind, Lord, to think like you, to feel like you, to act like you. We need your power to act like you, Lord. So fill us. Fill us with your spirit, which is fruit of spirit. First is love. We want that, Lord. For those who are uh, not lovely, Lord, not lovable, to love our enemies, Lord God. I pray that you put your heart here in this congregation. First for their own family and this city, Lord God. We love this country. We love this city, Lord. Send us out from this place, Lord, with the mission to love the unlovely, Lord. Send us to our workplace, to our families, Lord, that our words, our action will break through those bondages and set the captives free, Lord. Fill us with your heart. Give us your mind, Lord. You are so creative. You're so wise. Break us from our Limitation of our religiosity, Lord God. That we would love freely beyond the limits that religion puts. And give us the power, Lord, and courage to be what you want us to be, Lord. Give us the anointing to pray for people that they might be saved, healed, set free, Lord. Thank you for this ministry of Luke 418, Lord. I pray that through that... Many will find you. Many will find healing in this church, Lord. And many, many will experience your true love and its power. I pray for pastor and his wife, Lord. I pray this place as the place of worship that your spirit will, be, will, will fall here, Lord. And that this, this church will be ascending church, Lord God. What is experienced in this place will go out. Will go to families and workplace. The presence of God from this place will be sent everywhere the congregation will go in Jesus' name. Amen.